You're listening to Phanalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy podcast. In this episode, we're talking about Winona Earp Episode 3, Leavin' on Your Mind. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Annie. And I'm Stephanie. And let's get started with our overall impressions of this episode. What did you think, Annie? I really liked it. I know, sound like a broken record, but uh, this week I really loved Melanie Scorfano's range as an actress. Like, you know, her lovely, hilarious snarkiness that she injects into Winona Earp, and again, her face, all those expressions, just too funny. There was some really genuine emotion and some just really touching scenes in this episode that I really like seeing that side of Winona. So I, I really loved it. And more way hot, some little hints here and there. So that made me happy. Hope it continues. Yeah, I agree. I really liked this episode. I especially, I really liked the the A plot involving the revenants who are trying to get all the pieces together and blah, blah, blah. I, I really liked the A plot of this episode a whole lot. And like you were kind of getting at, I thought Melanie Scrifano was great. And this really let her have a real range of stuff to work with. There was some serious dark stuff here, but there was still a lot of humor and some really genuine emotional moments, both from Wynonna as well as other characters. And I just, I really like this episode. I'm liking her more and more as the lead. I'm with both of you. I like this episode a lot. And as we were sort of predicting, this episode was a lot more demon hunt mission of the week kind of thing. Right. But like, I'm glad, I guess, because, you know, giving us more of an idea of what's to come, I assume. Right. And I also, as you pretty much were just saying, Stephanie, I appreciate the combination of darkness and genuine emotion and humor, because I feel like a lot of stuff I've been watching lately is just like in full-on grim dark mode, and Mm -hmm. I'm tired of it. (laughs) I don't (laughs) mind darkness, but if you're going to be that dark, you you need to balance it out with some humor. Yeah. And... Mm -hmm. As we expected from an Emily Andrus show, they do, and it's it's a good time. I like it. No, they do it very well. And also, since you both mentioned it, Melanie Scrifano's face, which I always feel weird <laughs> saying because it's like, yes, she's very attractive, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking no, about the things her face her does. Expressions. <laughs> yes, she's so expressive. I love it. It's so great. So for me, this episode, I felt like. It really changed the way I'm looking at the dynamic between Winona and Dolls. Because we talked about last week how we felt like Dolls was just this bully scold the entire episode. And it was it was really difficult for us to like Dolls last week. And in this episode, even though, you know, he, he didn't really change that much. I think we did see a change in how Winona related to him. And for me, that kind of evened out their dynamic more. She, she There I were agree. a lot more like moments where she was kind of poking fun at him and he had kind of the wind let out of him a little bit by her but he also just kind of shrugs it off which makes him more appealing to me (laughs) yeah but yeah i liked that moment where it was in the beginning when waverly was like giving her presentation and she got to the end and he just kind of was ordering her around and winona said you know welcome to team do what he says and he gives her this look and she says sometimes we get donuts (laughs) (laughs) speaking of donuts (laughs) Winona's impassioned badass speech. I know. <laughs> Powdered sugar on her nose. And like the, the music changes right and it's all's like You got powdered, powdered sugar, sugar on your nose. nose. <laughs> and then she wipes it off like a five year old. Well there's that, like, that second where she's just kinda like, is he serious? Do do I? Oh god I do. <laughs> 
<sighs> and I also really liked later on the episode when they were watching the video together and it, there was that moment where she, he asked for any theories and she was like, oh, you mean hunches? And uh, But I, <laughs> my favorite was when she asked if it was like they were doing some sort of voodoo and I liked that he corrected her. I was like, no, more like whatever European rather than, you know, Haitian. And she's sometimes you some come so close to cool and then cool makes a run for it. <laughs> she had a lot of good lines in that scene because she's sort she of did. narrating the, the video and, yeah. <laughs> and oh, he's going to miss his bus. <laughs> and something like how dull is that knife or whatever before that? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Like, that's inappropriate, Winona, but thank you for breaking the tension. <laughs> And I loved when she when he was talking when Dolls was talking about duality. She was like, "Okay, I'll look for a zombie with an icy hot patch." <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. <sighs> That's like such an Emily line. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the as far as like the dynamic between Winona and Dolls, it, you know, the big reveal really came at the end of the episode where. You know, it was clear that Doll like had her back the entire episode. You know, he put the little tracker on her so that he could follow her and, you know, be there so that nothing bad happened to her. But it also revealed how far he's willing to go in order to participate in this fight. You know, he has that line about this is what victories might have to look like after, you know, she has to kill Shorty. And that, I think, is a really was a really interesting scene between the two of them. He is so bad at being comforting, though. No, he's I know. terrible at it. See, that's what just <laughs> bothered me about Dolls this episode. It's it's like, yes, he's willing to make the sacrifices, but I don't think Winona's there yet because she knew Shorty and he was a friend and she was the one that had to pull the trigger. She was the only one that could. You know, I like that line where she says to him, what did she say? It was like, uh, you know, I could just look in a mirror. Oh, oh, she was talking about of all the things I've done working with you dolls, I don't think I can look at myself in a mirror yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I don't think like I can that. look. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, she's not there yet, but that really, personally, that really bugged me about dolls. And I'm like, geez, man, you know, give her, it's like she's looking for comfort and you're so bad at it and it's just too businesslike. So that part mm-hmm. really bugged me. I appreciate what he's trying to do, but it's like, I don't know, the, the whole scene where she's going in and dealing with revenants and cracking the safe and everything. And I'm like, Dolls, do you have a plan? Or are you just going to sit out there? Well, he was to be waiting. fair, he was putting his trust in Winona to be able to handle herself in there. Well, at least he told her what to do, uh, hopefully. Well, and, and I'm not saying that this episode, like, redeemed Dolls 100% from last week. I think he's still a tough character who is abrasive and kind of difficult to like. But I do think that the dynamic between the two of them kind of shifted and became more interesting to me in this episode Mm -hmm. is the point that I'm making. Well, maybe I'll I'll give it another rewatch and see. And I mean, the whole having to make the hard choices thing is a hallmark of the... Exactly. This kind of storyline, so... Yeah. 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 And this was, I think, an important lesson that Winona had to go through at some point. This was like her first tough kill, right? She has been taking on the mantle of air, which is a difficult situation to go through. But so far, the revenants that she's killed, it's just been like, oh, these bad guys. But this was the first kill she had to make that was really difficult for her. Well, I was a little bummed. I thought Shorty would stick around more. So that's why I was I like, know. oh, man. I but, liked that actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, you know, we get that revelation that revenants can go possess people. So, yeah, that that's another kink in the whole hunting revenants thing. Although I will say, starting last week, I wondered what exactly the deal was, because suddenly Waverly was tending bar at Shorty's, so I wondered if the character of Shorty was going to be as permanent a fixture as he seemed in the first episode. Uh. Right. 
And on rewatch, of course, the line that he has to Winona about, oh, I'm not going to keel over anytime soon, really yeah. sticks out. Mm-hmm. I didn't make note of it in the first re- first watch, but I should have. <laughs> like, oh, he's going to die. Well, because again, like in the first couple episodes, he, he makes an appearance, but he's not involved in the action. But So mm-hmm. it's not like you would have seen it coming, not knowing that he'd get involved in the hostage situation. But speaking of Waverly tending bar at Shorty's, so last week we were talking about that shirt that she's now worn in every episode. I realized this episode that that is actually her Shorty's outfit because that shirt says Shorty's on it. I don't oh, know how I missed okay, it. Okay, yeah. Okay. The previous two weeks, but her shirt says Shorty's. So apparently that's her bartending outfit, which makes me kind of raise my eyebrow at Shorty. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Those are some very short shorts, Shorty. But maybe he's like, it's my name. <laughs> That's how he got his name, because that's what he was wearing when he opened the bar. Uh-huh. There we go. <laughs> I've stunned everyone into silence. Well, my, my mind is going places now, Chris. I <laughs> did not expect for them to go. <laughs> so since we're talking about Waverly, shall we talk about the confrontation she had with Doc? Oh, that was such a great scene. It stressed me That was me my out. favorite scene. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Because, first of all... Waverly, if you're going to follow somebody, you put your phone on silent. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I thought everybody knew that. <laughs> so I'm glad she finally figured out that Doc Holiday or that Hank is Doc Holiday. Yeah. Because I, I was wondering, like, Waverly did all that research. Certainly she mm-hmm. maybe have a clue. Right. Well, there were a lot of guys and I'm bummed she's still missing her book. So she has to rebuild her research. Mm hmm. But that scene between the two of them was was really, really good. For me personally, as far as, even though I think Melanie Scrifano had two pretty good emotional scenes in this episode, I really liked the ones with, with Waverly, both with her and Doc, and then later on with um, her and Officer Hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, but this one in particular was, was my favorite, where she's confronting him about the type of man she's supposed to be, mm. or he's supposed to be, <laughs> wrong pronoun. <laughs> But I just, yeah, I guess I don't have anything more to say than that. But I just thought it was a great scene. I thought she was really good in it. The Dominique something something. I forget her last names. Provost Chocolate. Thank you. And that then leads to the scene later on where, well, somewhat, I guess, contributes to when Doc shows up at the end. But because that scene is in the mix, I think we're left questioning whether... Doc showed up because of what Bobo said to him about getting close to the herbs and he'll finally give him this information that he wants? Or is he there because of what Waverly said to him about needing to be Wyatt Earp's best friend and being an ally to them? Um, I think it's a combination of both. So that's what makes Doc more intriguing to me as he goes along, because we still don't know all of his motivations. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, who knows mm-hmm. what it is that Doc Holiday is really about at this point. Yeah, clearly he is after some information. He wants to get to the Stone Witch who changed him. But as to whether he is an enemy pretending to be a friend or a friend pretending to be an enemy, clearly that's something that they're going to unravel throughout the or season. Or something in between. Exactly. Yeah, the Stone Witch has a very conspicuous ride, so I feel like she'll be pretty easy to find. <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, if she's got mystical powers, maybe she can cloak it or something yeah change the paint job so it's no longer it's probably a pink catalog right i couldn't tell the break make a car from that far away but probably an older pink catalog she could just throw a tarp over it when it's not in use (laughs) 
I love that. Either spell or tarp. <laughs> Those are the options, Stephanie. <laughs> we also got a little bit more hints of information that we maybe wanted to know because we were talking last week about, okay, how big is this area that the Revenants can't leave? And Waverly was talking about the beginning of the episode about how it's like thousands of miles. It's, you know, between these two rivers. And she mentioned the big city. Mm -hmm. So that was apparently probably where the nightclub was supposed to be last week. So we got a better sense of the area that they can occupy. That was a big area. I thought it'd only be the size of purgatory or something, but that was pretty huge. Well, they have to give themselves enough space so there can be other bad guys. Well, they did, to be fair, they did say that it's just the revenants that are confined to the triangle because yeah. it sounds sure. like from everything dolls said that of course there are demons elsewhere too but right not these specific demons right they're starting here is what he said still that's a big area lots of places to hide but yes the ghost river triangle right Mm-hmm. we also got hints at winona having a criminal past she was pretty handy at cracking that safe. And then she also made that joke about it not being the first time she was in a hostage situation. I guess before she was taking the hostage <laughs> instead of being a hostage. That's what it sounded like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, why, Nona? And then it felt like maybe a follow-up from what we saw last week when the Revenant tried to pick up Peacemaker and he fried. When Dolls tried to use the Peacemaker in this episode, it just, like, clicked as if it was out of bullets. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. But Wynonna didn't reload it when when he gave it to her. She just started shooting Revenants. So I think maybe that means only she can the Herb Air or Erps are, can fire it. Right. I actually was, as I was watching it, thinking, that doesn't seem like a great idea, Dolls, because it's a temperamental gun. Wynonna's, like, right next to the guy you're trying to shoot. It just seems like a bad idea. It did I seem like a bad idea. it was a bad idea that he took it in the first place. I'm like, why are you taking it when she can, only she can shoot the Revenants? And well, but she was going into the Revenants. Yes, yeah. but she could have just gone in and shot him there, and they wouldn't have had to have killed Shorty, but I don't know. But then She's they might not have a great shot. They probably would have killed hostages. Remember, because the guy was really fast and ran away from her the first mm -hmm. time they, That's true. they met? Yeah. He could have killed people and ran out before she could have done anything. I did like that scene where she tried to shoot him, though. I thought that was great location and cinematography, by the way. Though I did, I was, like, hitting my head why she didn't just shoot him. Like, yeah. ah, she had plenty of time before he flung dirt in his in her mm -hmm. face. This yeah. is why you don't make the dramatic comments before you shoot people. Just shoot him. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's TV. What are you going to do? <laughs> but I did think those were creepy special effects with the guy going all fast and blurring all over the place. You know, typical demon stuff. Though I did wonder if maybe a little bit of a scene got cut somewhere because, or maybe they just changed his makeup because suddenly when they were in like the room with the safe, his mouth was all black. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That and was I was like, why is his mouth suddenly that color? Was he eating popsicles? Like what happened? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some weird <laughs> he, has a, he has a weakness for great popsicles. <laughs> Seems as likely as anything. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and then I guess the other little bit of information that we got, the most upsetting bit of information mm -hmm. that we got was when Shorty slash Sam was about to be shot, and he says, they didn't kill your sister, not at first. She says, Willow screamed for days, mm. and then bam. He says, Willow screamed for days? It sounded like she. <laughs> I listened to it three times, and it sounded like she. Oh. Okay, but you heard he? Because I'm willing to accept it, but I listened to it three times, and it sounded like she, which made me think, who's this she? 
Maybe he did. I don't know. But mm. I don't remember. But this episode seems to confirm that, yes, Willa and her father, as far as we know, really are dead. But it's interesting because Winona said, at the graveyard scene, you're not even there. There's only sand in your caskets. So what does that mean? They took the bodies. The revenants took the yeah. bodies, so they didn't know where their bodies were. And that was a great scene yes. where Winona went to go visit them. Mm-hmm. That's the first real emotional scene of the series for me, and I really... All of a sudden, I was like, oh, Winona, I felt really bad for her, and I was just like, I love it when a scene draws me in like that, because, you know, it means that I'm really starting to develop a relationship with the characters, you know, besides just laughing at the funny lines or whatnot. Well, that's why they wait until episode three to pull this kind of thing. Yeah. And it worked. Tugging on the heartstrings. But I I did like that line where she said, you know, this is your gig, but at the same time is still reluctant Mm -hmm. about it, so I like that kind of push and pull. And I gotta say, this episode actually made me like Waverly's bad boyfriend champ a little bit. Really? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't stand it. I was like, ew, get off. Stop licking her. Ugh. I was talking about earlier, Annie, but like, I thought he got a, a line that made me laugh it, when, what was his name? Marty was admiring his physique. <laughs> the whole. It's like, look at that body. I call dibs. Thanks. I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was, and and I also liked later on in the episode when when Sam was talking about possessing him, and Champ was like, "I don't put gluten in this body." <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like turning to run away. I'll get help. I well, swear. That's the thing She's is, like, like he wasn't just a complete coward. You know, he yeah, he seemed yeah. like okay, like he's an okay guy. He's still a bad boyfriend, but this episode actually made me yeah. like him a little that's bit. Fair. Which before I was just like, eh, he's okay, a cad, because yeah, yeah. he was he was like. Yeah. You know, are you sure it's okay for me to leave? <laughs> like he, yeah, because yeah. he was like, "Just me? You just want me to go?" Like he, he really was reluctant to just leave them, which I think was a good moment for his character. Right? Like he was gonna run, but at least he felt kind of guilty about it. Because <laughs> even when he got to Dolls, he's like, "I said I'd get back up. Let's go get back up." And Dolls had to tell him to run again. So again, like I felt like this made him a little bit more of a sympathetic character than he was previously. Yeah, well, until he kept pawing well, but, Waverly. So was and like, he was trying I was to be comforting. Say, he's just bad at it. Even that, <laughs> know, like, it's clearly not very comforting. He's clearly not reading the situation. But no. credit for trying, I guess, right? Yeah, he's he's trying to be as good a boyfriend as he can be. He's just not a good boyfriend. Or at least he's not uh, yeah, right for yeah. Waverly's. Really, yeah. I think what it is because no. well, I'm right. I'm waiting for her to tell him now. Going, ah, eh, it's not quite what I need, and and poor Officer Hot, I can see the disappointment in her. I'm not eyes. sure Waverly realizes at this point. Like, I think she's, I think Maybe. it's dawning on her now is what's happening. Yeah, it's starting to. So. I kind of feel like it's mostly like habitual at this point. Like they habits. I mean, Winona made some comment yeah. about high school boyfriends, so you know they've probably been together for at least four years or something. So. At least that's the impression I get. So it's more sort of the realizing that she maybe doesn't, quote unquote, have to be with him. Yeah. Maybe lesbian. Yeah, maybe she, it's kind of growing up in a small town kind right. of thing. Like, oh, this is... Well, it's like being in a relationship that's comfortable and now things are changing potentially and she doesn't know what to do with it. Well, I mean, it. she has that exchange with Winona in the first episode where they're talking about the small town thing, not having lots of options. <laughs> But why is it that, like, heterosexual women on television seem to have just terrible taste in men? I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Because we had, like, Winona and Bobo's girlfriend just throwing themselves at at Doc in this episode. And I was like, what are you doing? I don't feel like Winona was throwing herself at Doc. 
She was aggressively flirting. She was being very flirtatious with him, yes. Which I don't understand, since last episode she was all, I do not trust him at all. And now she's being flirty with him. I don't. I didn't really get that. Maybe she's trying to figure out his endgame. I yeah. don't know. I didn't. But he's so smarmy. I don't know. <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Because it's a small town and you have to keep yourself occupied somehow. So flirting oh, for fun, I think, exactly. is what was really happening. At least that's how I interpreted it. <sighs> so another thing that amused me that I realize I haven't mentioned yet, and since Annie had already brought up Way Hot... I kind of love Dull's deer in headlights response anytime anything <laughs> way hot was happening. He, he didn't know what to do. Because he's, he's like, I don't know what to say about this, so I'm just going to stand here like a statue. That that made me giggle. A wide-eyed I, I statue. Then I'm going to edge away. <laughs> but then I, I took me a rewatch to when uh, Officer Hot, after she leaves Champ and Waverly at the bar, she goes, oh, but I was really glad she called me. And I was like, oh. I was happy. I was made happy by Winona's new gunslinging belt slash bandolier. That That was kind of awesome. (laughs) It was. I was like, way to be prepared now, Winona. Yeah, I like it. Looks good on her. So there are some of our thoughts about episode three of Winona Earp. If you have thoughts about this episode or about our episode and that you'd like to share with us, you can do that in a number of ways. You can send us an email at feedback at askgenretv.com. You can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. You can also call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. You can find us on Twitter at askgenretv. Analysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Orphan Black, Lost Girl, and Killjoys, visit AskGenreTV.com. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Chris. And I'm Annie. And I'm Stephanie. Thanks for listening. <laughs>